Hello, lovelies. Well, I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for the really, really beautiful comments that you guys have been leaving me all over the place. I absolutely love them and appreciate them. It really touches my heart. And for those of you who say, oh my God, I love your voice. Well, that's what recording at 3am will do for you. (laughs) But look, honestly, it's so lovely and I'm glad that you're enjoying them so very much. And also, thank you for your questions and comments and feedback as well in general, which is great. I've had some lovely conversations about topics in this show, and I want to address one of them that came up today, and that is about why do I think the ancient Egyptians were so fantastic? (laughs) And gosh, there's a lot of answers for that, but I'm going to use paradigms to explain why I think that the stuff that was included in the ancient Egyptian paradigm was more successful than the stuff that is included in our paradigm. So when I um, started the uh, journey into researching magic for Magical Egypt 4, which was 3, thanks Jans, but anyway, I was looking at all different kinds of books, right? And um, I came across this book called Egyptian Magic. And it was written by a woman by the name of Florence Farr. And I'd never heard of her before. And um, I had no idea when she lived or where she lived or who she was or when the book was written. So I didn't know whether I should take it seriously at all. And so I did a tiny little bit of due diligence, a very superficial background check on her. And here is what I found. Florence Farr was a British West End leading actress. Now, isn't that interesting that an actress would write a book on Egyptian magic? But I think it was because (laughs) she was much more than that. She was an actress and a composer and a director. She was also a women's rights activist, journalist, educator, singer, novelist, and, but um, bump, leader of the occult order, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Now, that is just wow, right? Like, and one of just one of those being an actress or just being a composer or just being a director is a huge handful, right? But she's all of those and the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is, it's a secret society or was a secret society. I think it's still around. I think I met a guy from it when I was with Lon in London. But anyway, it's a secret society devoted to the study and practice of occult metaphysics and paranormal activities known during the 19th and early 20th centuries, known as a magical order, and it's active in Great Britain. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a thing, right? It's a thing. So I'm going to go on. <laughs> she was also friends with and collaborated with the Nobel Laureate William Butler Yeats, the famous poet Ezra Pound, 
the playwright Oscar Wilde. She was friends with Arthur Edward Waite, the guy that created like probably the most well-known tarot deck ever. (laughs) And also the woman that did the illustrations of that deck. And a bunch of other really interesting sounding people that I don't really know who they are, but they have great bios. So she was said to be the Bohemian's Bohemian. So anyway, she's just a super interesting woman. And uh, I just think of how accomplished people were, (laughs) how incredibly accomplished people were. And look, honestly, how seriously cool and how jealous I am. (laughs) Anyway, I think at the end of the day, we can put some trust into her story. So here is the quote that I pulled out. The first quote, okay, and then the synchronicity comes in. So, in studying Egyptian magic, one has at once a thoroughly scientific satisfaction. One is troubled with no vague theories, but receives precise practical details. We observe that every square inch of the upper and underworlds is mapped out. The strength that such a system inherently contains was proved by the long duration of the archaic Egyptian civilization. Okay, so she believed the strength of the system was proved by the length of the civilization. So that's basically what I was thinking. Her idea, her idea, her idea triggered me. So I did some research, I did a little bit of research on this, and I found something that was very interesting. What can we learn about a paradigm through the civilizations or how long the civilizations lasted? So the ancient Egyptian civilization lasted 30 centuries. Now, all of these numbers are debatable. Like when did it, when did the civilization start? When did it end? Where did Egypt really come from? Did it come before the floods? Was it part of Atlantis? I mean, there's lots of really, really good questions out there, but I'm just going to use kind of standard numbers that history or somebody's story utilizes in coming up with these numbers to kind of paint a picture, because even if they're not exactly right, they kind of paint a picture. Okay, so ancient Egypt lasted 30 centuries. The Indus, about 25 Ancient China was about 20 and ancient Greece around 12 centuries. The ancient Roman Empire and medieval Europe about 10 each. Yada, yada, yada. Let's go down to USA. Well, we are mm, (laughs) falling apart and we've not yet met three, right? (laughs) So I think there is a trend here, right? First of all, there is a trend, right? We seem to be having shorter and shorter civilizations. Okay, so now (laughs) you're going to say to me, yes, Venice, but what about the oldest, the longest civilization on the planet? Well, and in fact, my cousin did. My cousin's like, yes, Venice, but what about, and cousins always do, right? They have to keep you on the straight and narrow. What about the Australian indigenous civilization? They're the longest living civilization. Well, there is the most amazing book that talks about this. And it is by a man, by a man called Tyson Yaka Porter. He is an Australian indigenous 
And the book is called Sand Talk, How Indigenous Thinking Can Save the World. It's a paradigm-shifting book in the vein of sapiens that brings a crucial indigenous perspective to historical and cultural issues of history, education, money, power, sustainability, and offers a new template for living. Now, I have read this book And this book is amazing. And so by my logic then, a civilization that has lasted the longest period of time probably has the best mm, set of stuff inside its paradigm. If you can live in peace and in abundance and sustainably (laughs) and all of those kinds of things it's probably pretty good now uh, you guys haven't read the book right so or you might have read the book so the people who have read the book will understand what I'm saying and the people that haven't read the book are going to have to give me some poetic license here because I know you've probably seen the movie Avatar okay so the Australian indigenous people had a lifestyle most akin to the lifestyle that is portrayed in the movie Avatar. They lived in harmony completely with nature. They had within their paradigm not just material things, they had spiritual things, they had ancestors, they had animal spirits, they had rock spirits, they had water spirits, they had earth spirits, they had their dot. I don't know how much of that white piece of paper it filled up, but it was a very, very big dot on that paper. All of those things were allowed in their paradigm. Now, they didn't have in their paradigm TV, cell phones, jet planes, internet, Well, I don't know. They might have had a different kind of internet, right? But they didn't have industrialization and they didn't have materialism. Okay, so it's a trade-off. But what Tyson is talking about is why don't we put some of that other stuff in with our stuff and maybe fix our stuff by doing so? I don't know. I'm not suggesting that we go back to Avatar days, although, have you heard about Avatar Syndrome? (laughs) That so many people fell in love with that idea that they all got depressed when they realized it was a movie? Avatar Depression Syndrome. (laughs) Avatar leaves some fans feeling legitimately blue. Oh my gosh, that is just horrible. That is a thing I just... Lord. Anyway, it was a thing, right? It was a thing. Okay. So, mm, something to think about. Something to think about. I wonder what that might look like. A civilization that has that has all the spiritual stuff and some highly sophisticated material stuff. Hmm, I wonder if that might look like ancient Egypt, for example. Hmm. <laughs> Again, No cell phones. Damn. Oh, what would we do without our cell phones? Goodness sakes. If we do live in a materialistic prison paradigm, then I think that our cell 
is actually constructed by our cell phone. But I'm bump. <laughs> but hey, that's just my opinion. Anyway, my lovelies, um, I have people coming, so I might not be around for a few days. I'm going to bring in the new year. Uh, well, at least we're going to check chuck out the old one. And one thing that I just want to leave you with, and I heard uh, Gordon White say this, and I think it is something to think about, something to consider, that while this year and last year really, really sucked, we are all getting a lot better at dealing with it, okay? We are getting stronger. We are being less in shock and so we're getting better at we're getting better at handling these things now they say that the bad news is that 22 is going to be worse in many ways but the good news is that we're going to be better at dealing with it so we're going to rest in that okay i love you guys again thank you for the lovely comments and more soon Hello, lovelies. I am so excited to announce the release of our new film called Heka. Heka looks at the magic of ancient Egypt and how that pertains to the story of ancient Egypt and fills in a whole new perspective that we have been missing collectively for hundreds of years. It features Gordon White, Chance Gardner, Joseph Patrick Farrell, Lon Milo Duquette, Tobias Churton, Graham Hancock, of course, the fabulous John Anthony West, Rupert Sheldrake, Stephen Skinner, Thomas Sheridan, Peter Mark Adams, Thomas Joseph Brown, Aton Veggie, Mog Morton, Bernardo Catstrop, Shauna Holm, Mark Passio, John Seraki, and the goddess Joanna Kujawa. I am so incredibly proud of it, and I invite you to come and have a look. You can find a link on MagicalEgypt.com. Thank you.